The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Today is the 6th of September, 2018, if you can believe it. This month is cooking, too, I'm telling you. Um, First thing we do, we always do, is stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Why? Because when you speak to yourself in those tones and you do it for a minimum of 28 days, you're going to start seeing your subconscious mind change like you wouldn't believe and in a more positive direction. I've talked about some of this on what I'm doing with myself on the solo shows. It usually gets hit on every show. Um, I'm sure it's going to get hit today because we've got a real special guest coming in. I'm not going to say who she is yet. Um, but, um, anybody that is a fan of strong men, strong women and the Denny stones, you might have a clue right now, but go out to, um, FiorelloBarbellCo.com. winners and champions Inc is our premier product. Um, that's 14 modules on there, which cover A to Z, you name it. It's on there and it's all the stuff that we do here and there in the FBC steel and stone yard. Um, great stuff, no frills, but I'll tell you what, if you want gains every which way, this is something you want to look at. Also to FiorelloBarbellCo.com, our prosperity conscious page, that is investment in FBC and M&M. There's a $25, a $50, and a $100 investment. Um, when you do that, It goes right to my PayPal account, and believe me, it gets invested into the company totally because where we're going, it takes a lot of money to do this stuff. So a lot of people have helped out. We appreciate that, but I know what we've done for people, and I get get, uh, emails constantly, texts, because my number's listed out there now. And, you know, it comes right down to this. I mean, there's been people who haven't lifted and done anything for 20 years. And they'll tell me they found my show and they're back training and even buying equipment again. I think that's pretty good, I'll tell you. Um, also, too, go out to motivationandmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Ah, uh, hell, I'll tell you who's here. Lee Holland Keen is with me tonight. Um, it's great stuff. I, I talked to her offline for a little while. Um, inspiring as hell. I mean, I don't know what else. Uh, I love that word inspiration anyways, motivation. That's why we're motivation and muscle, but you see what she did. And we're going to really get into this because I'm very interested in a lot of things that were going on mentally with her too, with all this. Cause I mean, it's no small feat of strength, believe me, but we'll be, we'll bring her in momentarily. Um, so go out there and look at all the shows. There's close to a thousand shows. Obviously today's what Thursday, uh, Lee show will be up at the latest Saturday. 
Um, so we start now with her, and I hope she'll stay with us for the next 30 years. That It's a big deal, believe me. And the kids, and there's so many women out there, too, that really somebody like this really is going to make you think twice about maybe what you've been putting off in your life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be stones either. But we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of that. Also, too, go out to MotivationMuscle.com. Don't forget... Um, sign up for a free newsletter. It goes right to my MailChimp account, and anytime I put stuff out, it's loaded with content. Also, too, um, once again, uh, invest in us. Uh, it's right at the top of MotivationMuscle.com. Come on in and buy some uh, advertising with us. Um, I will do anything. You're legit. We will work together forever and make money with one another. My phone number, personal number, is right on the web page. That's the only way I will speak to people because, as my pop always said, um, it's really a, a, a form of respect. Uh, I understand, you know, email if you got something quick or, you know, we do stuff through Facebook. But if I'm going to talk about business like that or like we're doing with the show, I speak to you. That's the only way to do it. So go out and invest in something big like that. Don't forget our, our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. And also, too, we'll do a big thing at the end. But don't forget about all the shows I'm doing with Gareth Denyer now. Um, and, they're, and they're all called The Diamond in the Rough. We are up to Volume 7. We're going to hit Volume 8 on Saturday, um, and basically, Gareth is such a successful trainer in Texas. He owns a company called HCP Barbell. You can go out to that website and contact him that way. But he is taking all those strategies now and bringing them online, meaning through Skype, through telephone. So I would tell you to really think about it if you're struggling with things. Um, he's had already over a 100 Division football one players that were all high school. They graduated Division one. The guy is the real deal. So go out to hcpbarbell.com and contact Gareth. Well, as I said, we've got Lee Holland Keene coming in here momentarily, and I'm going to give you a little information on her. Number one, she is the daughter of Lance and Susan Holland Keene. Lance has been on here a few times. Great guy. What can you say about Susan? I, I, I think the world of her in, in many ways, and I'll tell you why. She's a character, and I'm going to ask Lee about that. And I mean, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just like the, her philosophy with things, with stone lifting. Just, she seems to have fun with things. And I'll tell you, in America, a lot of that sure as hell has been drained out of people. And it's too bad. But we'll talk about that, too. Um. Lee is originally from Scotland. Now she lives in Australia. She's a registered nurse. And as I told her, that's something I hold dear to me because my mom, my grandmother, and my aunts, too, nursing and teaching is big on that side of the family, on both sides of the family. And also, too, she started strongman training at the age of 17 and today competes in this sport since 2010. Lee? Welcome to the show, welcome to the family, and it is my honor to have you with us. Welcome to M&M. Hi, Eric. Thank you very much. appreciate you um, inviting me onto the show. It's pretty special. Thank you. Um, anything I missed? Um, is there a website? Is there anything, you know, with your bio you want to add to? Um, take it away, and then we're going to start. Welcome to the family. <laughs> 
Um, look, I have to be honest, I'm not a, a really kind of big advocate for social media just because I'm so busy, but I do have my Instagram account, which I put most of my um, training training sessions on. Okay, great. Um, yeah, that's about it. Okay. Well, I know I can get you out on Facebook at least. That's good. Yeah. I got all that. Yeah. Um, this is real interesting to me because I'm just going to kind of set this up a little bit. Um. Lee, how was that? What about thirty three, thirty four years that it's been since a woman lifted the Denny's? Yeah, 1979. Okay. Um, Jan, yeah. Jan yep. Todd. Yeah. Yep. Um, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, you come from a, a, a very um, athletic family. Obviously, weightlifters, Highland Games, the whole thing. We could, you know, we could write a book on it. Um, Obviously, your parents had to have a ton of motivation um, where you started, you know, looking at it and saying, I want to do it. But was it was it Lance and Susan? Were there other factors that involved it? What got you what got you ticking for uh, I call it physical culture? I, I that's the word I use. But what got you af- going after that stuff so young? Um, I think I've always been a very active kid. Um, You know, when it was just me and mum when I was younger, I mean, we always kind of walked to the park and, you know, she was very active with me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of primary school into secondary school, I was kind of, you know, top in my class for track and field and sprinting and stuff like that. Um, but when my mum met Lance, um, obviously Lance was a big kind of gym goer. Um, so they started training and I would, I mean, I originally started, we'd go and watch Lance compete in these strongman competitions. So me and mum would kind of plod along and support him. Um, and then mum kind of got the fire in her belly. So she started competing. So then I'd go along and I'd watch both my parents compete. And then I was starting to get a little bit itchy and I was like, you know, maybe, maybe this, this is going to be good. And mum said, why don't you try it? Yeah. Um, and then I, I started training with them and it was just, it's became an obsession almost. Like it's just, it's fantastic. It is so good. And, you know, mum and Lance, uh, they have such strong mental strength as well. So they yeah. really have kind of passed that on, um, which has been fantastic. Like I, I appreciate that so much from both of them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very interesting to see that lineage, you know, that, you know, at 29 years of age, I mean, you've got an awful lot of road still to hit if you really want to, you know, keep rolling on. Um, what, I mean, was it the progression like a lot of us have? You know, we get in the, the weights and the power racks and, you know, then we start gravitating more towards like farmer carries or tire flips. And then suddenly, as I say in the shows, Lee, is um, I saw that video in, in 94, I think it was, of Steve Jack, and he went to Husafel, and obviously he, you know... I, you know, and we lost Steve a few months back, and he'd been on the show, and he's such an influence to me and so many people. And I think that he really got, you know, I know stone lifting existed before, but he kind of stirred it up because then it went with like him, and then Bill Crawford started, and then we went into that big um, Icelandic adventure in 2008 and went everywhere. But when I saw that DVD, of Steve doing that, it it just set something off of me, and and I've never been a guy that's been like real easily influenced to do things. It's like I like to kind of 
study it a little bit and see what the whole story is. See, is this all legit? But, I mean, when you see a guy with a 418-pound stone carrying it, that's very legit. But I guess what I want to say to you is, like, this is how I kind of gravitated. How did you gravitate? I mean, I, I know you started out young doing things, but, like, when did you first remember getting into the weights? And then what got – was it watching Lance? Was it watching him with stones or whatever? What got you to that point where you ended up about a month ago lifting the Denny Stones? So take it away. Um, well, I guess when I was younger as well, it was kind of like a British tradition to watch World's Strongest Man around Christmas time as well. Yeah. So I find that I've always been brought up with, you know, watching World's Strongest Man at Christmas time. It was just what we did. Um, but when we first moved over to Australia, um, we moved to this small apartment and it had a gym and a swimming pool. Um, and Lance used to go down there <clears throat> after work every day. Um, and he kind of encouraged me to come down. So then we would kind of just do, you know, the basic kind of weight training, the machines. Um, and then he introduced me to kind of deadlifts and squats and, you know, those compound movements. Um, so we kind of went from there. Um, and then when Lance started training, we went to, it was the University of Sydney. Um, it was a small kind of group and there were some Americans actually who were doing strongman training. Okay. So we kind of, we'd drive like an hour and a bit to go train with these guys. Um, you know, when they first started out, Mum and Lance would just kind of train and I'd, you know, sit in the background. Um, but yeah, then I got involved there. So we started there. So it was, it was a bit of a rapid change around from, you know, just doing gym work straight into kind of, uh, strongman equipment. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I want to, I'm going to slide back and forth here. What do you think in your opinion, what's the attribute or attributes you see that a weightlifter has to have to succeed. And obviously we know, especially in your case, I mean, to go and do something monumental like that goes across the board in your whole life. Because let's be honest with each other. To me, people don't know what they're missing if they're not doing some form of physical culture. Now, I hear, and you probably have heard many times, well, I don't want to go to Iceland and lift the 418-pound stone and walk 50 meters. Well, that's not what I'm saying on this show to anybody. What I'm saying to you is this. Go out and start getting physical. Start getting to know yourself. Start putting yourself in. As Rocky said, I watched Rocky Balboa again the other night. I love that movie, the last one he did. And he said two things that I, I well, many things in there, but two things because I've done one of them before. And he's talking to one, one of the a girl that he, she was young that grew up around him and they had a relationship and he meets her a little bit later in life after Adrian passed away. And he was, he, he was trying to help her son out. He seemed like he was lost and Rocky was kind of lost too. He was a little bit estranged from his son. And of course he lost Adrian and he, he didn't really, you could tell he didn't fit, know where he fit anymore. And he says to this kid, he says, you know, they're talking about moms and and moms are all, you know, they're goof proof. And it was just good banner. And he says to this guy, he said, 
I always liked making myself a little bit uncomfortable. And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I would stare at a street light till I blinked. And he says, I would squeeze a tennis ball till my hand started to explode, wanted to explode. And he was like, well, why was that? He goes, well, when you get in the ring, you're going to be put in situations like that. And, and, and I guess what I'm saying to you is, what do you feel you bring, or what do you feel are the attributes that you needed not only to succeed with the Denny Stones, but prior to all of this, what is it you feel that you had to bring to the table to, to be uh, successful? Look, I'm a huge advocate for mental resilience. Um, yeah. You know, currently I'm, you know, I'm specializing in mental health with my registered nursing. Um, so to me, mindset is absolutely everything. Um, not only in the way of, you know, my training and, you know, keeping myself, I guess, on track with my physical goals, you know, I'm doing shift work as well. I'm yeah. currently studying, like I have a whole range of things going on in my life. And, you know, one thing that stands out is that you just have to have this mental resilience. Like you just, you, to me, what I do is I have my goal and I have no choice to kind of go left or right. Like that is my goal. And I have to just keep going forward you know, if things come up, then you deal with them, but you still keep going forward. There you go. Uh, yep. And I think that's incredibly important. Um, and, you know, over the years, I've seen people that lack it, like they could be so incredibly physically strong, but they lack the mental strength. And I think that's what brings them back sometimes. Um, I totally agree with you because I've had a lot of my friends that were very, very strong, but mentally after a while they cracked. And, yeah. you know, I run into people that I used to train with and they'll be, you're still training. I was like, why wouldn't I be? And they're like, yeah. well, well, you know, they're like, don't you want to settle down and have a family and all this? I said, man, I'm lucky if I got a minute to look out the window. All right. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't do that because you need time for yourself. And I'm like, I know that. But I said, you understand, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm training with the idea I'm going to Iceland at some point soon and all the other things going on in my life. And I was like, um, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, the show basically, obviously, you know, that was my concoction, everything. But my brother Jimmy was born with muscular dystrophy and he died from it. And basically that is one of the the, the nastiest forms of, it's called Duchenne, and it wheelchair-bounds him by the time they're around six years old, and I think he lived, I think he was 13 or 12 when he died, and he lived much longer because of the way my parents were, you know, my mother was a nurse, my father was in the medical field, all that too, and he just had a good home life, he had people that really loved him, and that is everything to me, um, but it was Jimmy and the Incredible Hulk is, w is what drove me and still drives me to exceed everything. And I'll tell you why. When you can look at your brother, I mean, we took him everywhere, right? And you can look at a kid that is smiling. I never heard him complain once about what happened to him. That's a big life lesson when you're a little boy. And then secondly, I was frightened of that stuff. And, you know, you go to your parents and say, can I get muscular dystrophy? Well, no. Um, but you're still a kid. And then, you know, I tell everybody, I tell the story where um, 
I was at, I love comic books still, cartoons still, Hulk, uh, anything with Hulk. Um, and I see this comic book with the Hulk on the cover. I was like, holy cow. I bought the thing, and I read it from cover to cover. I couldn't tell you how many times. And as a little boy, this is how I equated it. If I can be as strong and as big as the Hulk, I'll never get muscular dystrophy. And that's why these two entities here are what everything is dedicated to. Because it's just kind of, um, I don't mean funny and ha, 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 but it's, kind of funny how your brain connects things together and that's one of the big things i'm working on right now and i've never stopped from that day um because of that and it's it's a life lesson that will always motivate you know lee i'll tell you you know you might feel a little tired you're going out to play with the weights or your stones or whatever you're going to do that night and i'm kind of maybe like dragging ass sometimes a little bit and I'll be like, Jimmy wouldn't do that. And it's funny because you'll say things like that and suddenly you snap into gear. And he by far has been the inspiration, the tool that's really, really come to light and has really been, um, you know, the backbone. Even though he's not here physically, but spiritually. So, you know, that's how I look at it with me. Um but I agree with you. The the mental end of things, a lot of times that's kind of just pushed aside. Everybody thinks, okay, if I go out and lift this, I'm all right. You said it. I said it. I've seen multiple people just crack. And, and, and the thing is, I think you can only get so far so long physically. Sooner or later, you and I both know, hopefully you don't have an injury that's got to have repair to it. But I did, and a lot of other guys and girls have. And that is a hard thing to come back from sometimes, because I can remember the first time I did a barbell curl, and I'm not a candy ass in any way, believe me. And I was like, is this thing going to hold together? And, you know, I put the barbell down, and I'm looking at my left bicep. I'm like, okay, we're good now. And that was the end of it. I never said another word to it. So go ahead, comment on anything. I mean, yeah, just like what you were saying, like, you know, mindset really is everything. I mean, you know, it's it's so important. And, I mean, in my garage, in my gym, because I train on my own, um, I currently live on my own. Yep. Um, so I have to find my own motivation. And I could assure you, every time I walk in that garage, yep. I'm not full of energy. I'm not full of food. You know, there's times that I've gone in there and I think, God, I am so tired. Yeah. Um, but then I, I like visualization is a huge thing for me. Yep. Um, I, you know, I, I try and put myself at that competition, standing in front of that implement going, okay, this is the time that I need to, you know, be my best. Yep. And I try my very best with every training session to go in with that attitude. You know, I have this kind of, I guess, a, a mental shift where as yep. soon as I walk into my garage door, I leave everything behind. Yep. I focus on what I need to do, and then I can walk back out and deal with what I need to do. Um, no, that, that's awesome because, like you, I'm alone too. Um, not You're, you're not going to get many takers to do the stuff we do. Let's face yep. it. Let's be honest with each other. Um, I want to ask you this, if you can remember this. Because it happens, I know with this stuff, it happens so quick. A lot of times you don't even realize it. You, you, you're not thinking that way anyways. 
when you lifted the Denny Stones, I mean, when you approached them and you got set, and you did lift them up, obviously, do you recall anything other than once you put them down, the elation of everybody around you? I mean, I'm sure you probably didn't even hear anybody yelling your name. Come on, come on, let Lee, let, or whatever. Do you remember anything? Does anything come to mind when you lifted those? Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's, I mean, people that are close to me know that I'm a very nervous competitor in the way of, you know, competing in strong women competitions. You know, you know, I'm I'm vomiting before competitions, you know, I kind of, sometimes I have a bit of self-doubt and stuff, but as soon as I stood on that, that flatbed, um, I looked at Jack Shanks and I looked at Stevie Shanks and Brett Nichols and it was kind of, everything went calm. And I kind of looked at Jack and he just did this little head nod thing. And in my mind, I was like, yep. this is it. This this is the day. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yep. And it's almost like it's hard to explain, but it almost felt magical in a way. Like, I just I felt like I just this is my time. Like, this is this is the time to do it now. Yep. Um, and I guess just having, you know, these stone legends just there supporting you. It, it was just the most epic feeling. It really was. Yeah. And I can. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I, I mean, the first attempt I tried, I actually, I, I was unbalanced and I fell backwards. But then I kind of, I knew that I could get the weight up. And Brent Nichols was actually, a, you know, a huge support for me that day because I kind of honed in on his voice. You know, he's got quite a, a yep. loud voice. Yep. He's a fantastic supporter of absolutely everyone. I, I mean, he's just such a genuine guy. But the the time, the attempt that I did and was actually successful, I remember just kind of looking up and, you know, he gave me a cue as to what to do. And that's, then I just zoned out. I was like, do what Brett Nichols has just said. Yep. Stand up with it. Yeah. It's that simple. Stand up. So it, then I did it. And it was just, I mean, it was fantastic because I closed my eyes and I just thought, let's do it. Let's just put everything into it. And I remember putting it down and I was like, have I done this? Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I could hear the cheers, but then I quickly did a quick scan of the three referees and I could see their little white buttons and I was like, holy shit, I've actually just done this. <laughs> I just achieved this. Yeah. And that's Mom a- came up and, and Brett came up and it was just – but I, it wasn't a kind of – I didn't have this feeling of like, yeah, I'm number one, you know, and right. I'm the big right. type thing. It was like almost calm in a way, like – this is this is my history and I'm part of it now and that's something really special. Hell yeah, that that's big history you're part of too. I mean, that is big stuff. I mean, like you said, you had legends around you and yeah. uh, well, I, I know I watched that video multiple times and obviously everybody shared it all over FB. Um, it was absolutely incredible and it was smooth as silk the way you came up with it and um, – I understand totally what you're saying. Did I do it? Did I do it? Because, you know, you train your ass off for all this stuff, and it seems like everything you do to get what you want to do to succeed with it, it's like a blink of an eye. It's done. Yeah. And we talked about this a number of times on the show. All the pain, the setbacks, all these things that happen along the way, and you've got it all set up now. You know, mentally you're ready to go. Whatever you believe internally, your belief is everything. And then you go up, and whether you're going to hit Denny's and Inver, Husafel, whatever. And when you do it, it's so quick. You're you're like, it's almost like you're in a dream, dream state. Yeah. And, and and you do it, and you're like, did I do that? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. You know, 
tell you, it's like, it's just an, it's an incredible feeling, man. And I can tell you from my perspective, when I watched you do it, um, not only was I super happy for you, but it just, it, it felt good to me too. It was like, you know, it's nice to see people succeed. And, and even though I wasn't there with you or anybody, I know what it's like to go and lift these big heavy stones and stuff. And it was like, it, it, it made me feel like I was with you guys. Like it it just, it felt good to see it. And it felt good to me too, man. I just had such a grin on my face because I was like, like I said, it was nice to see some other people doing it and not to upset the apple cart, nothing like that, but it's nice to see new people come in and do things and do yeah. them well. You know, I I just think I think stone lifting right now, and I'll ask you this question anyways. Um, and you can follow up on anything. Don't be shy. Um, I think stone lifting right now is at a point where, like a lot of things, I, I think it's ready to explode, literally. And yeah. It, it it doesn't have to be Denny's or, or Husafels. We said this, I think we were talking this before we came on. Why can't you, it, it, you know, you look at Lawrence, right? That guy's muscling up the Atlas Stones, okay? But my point is this, like, I have my nieces and nephews. I got them lifting sandbags and doing some farmer's walks. Now, Madeline, we call her Maggie, she just turned 11. And she's a peanut, but what an athlete. I mean, she she can do anything. Uh, Falling the wrestler's bridge, handstand push-ups. She, I made them sandbags they use. We're going to be doing some demonstrations for a new product I got that's going to have uh, Maggie in and my youngest nephew, Danny. Danny just turned eight. Um, and it's going to be pretty interesting. And that's going to be a product that's going to be an etched in stone for kids. Um I love this stuff, and I say to people when they give me the, the bowl that, well, I don't want to go lift a stone like that. I said, um, no one's telling you to. Would you like to start out with a sandbag, maybe a 20-pounder? Or if you got problems, let's get you on body weight, and we'll get you mastering your body weight. The point of the matter I'm making here, Lee, is I think, well, I know from my own training of people and myself, you can take any stone and any sandbag or anything, and the beauty of what we do, you can make it any size for anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, one great thing that's came out of this, I mean, you know, the media got a hold of this, and yeah. the publicity just blew up, and Instagram followers increased and all that. You know, it's not really something I truly follow, but, you know, I do it for sponsors and stuff and keeping people up to date. But yeah. one great thing that's came out of it is the amount of, you know, mums and dads that have messaged me with videos of their young daughters, um, you know, doing medicine ball kind of flips over the shoulder. And, yep. you know, I've got these awesome messages from like 10, 11-year-old girls from, you know, New York, London, everything saying, you know, I want to be able to do what you do. Yep. And it's, it's such a, a humbling experience, yep. you know, that you can do these things and you have younger people you know, it gives them motivation. I mean, I have a a 10-year-old sister and, you know, I want to be her her motivation. I want to be her inspiration. I want her to grow up with the attitude of, you know, I could do anything. Yeah. And I I, I think it's so important with children that you kind of instill that at such a young age that, 
if you want to do something, you put in the hard work and you will get there. Oh, I, I, to- so totally. um, I put a picture up, I think it was last week. When Maggie was 10, and she hasn't been 11 that long. And she's she's pretty artsy. All the girls are in my family. And this is what's around her, you can tell. She she draws a picture for my mother with all these crazy-looking animals on it. But on the top of it, it says this. With courage, you can do anything. Now, yeah. okay, right. when I read that, what do you think she's being fed? And, you know, my, my brother-in-law was a big football player, athlete. My sister was martial arts and all. I mean, and every one of her uncles is a weightlifter or was a football player slash weightlifter or a strong man. And, you know, this feeds children. I mean, when you're getting stuff like that from what you're doing, you know, you don't th- you know, most people say, oh, I can't. No one cares. You know, no one's watching me. I, I say to people all the time, none of us can be perfect, but boy, oh boy, when you're out in public, especially as a weightlifter, you know, slash everything else, um, you should conduct yourself like yeah. a human being and not an asshole. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, something that I am so passionate about, um, you know, is having a humble attitude. Like I truly am so passionate about it. You know, I go to work as a nurse and I don't mention about my kind of, you know, feats of strength and all that stuff. I mean, they've seen it through, you know, social media and whatnot, but I mean, I'm a nurse, so I'm a nurse. I'm not a strong woman at work. You know, I, I try very hard to separate that, but I mean, over the years of competing and, you know, but since back in 2010 till now, the change in strong woman is just phenomenal. I mean, when I first started, there was no weight categories, um, you know, things like that. So I was competing against 130 kilo females. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey. But one thing that I've noticed is, you know, people can be so incredibly strong, but if you don't have a good personality and, you know, decent mental strength, like you're just going to fail. Yeah. You really, I mean, the people that are arrogant, I mean, yes, they can be physically strong, but not many people like you. No. And (laughs) you know what? And you know what the thing is, Lee, they don't last either. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. I've seen many females come into the sport, you know, this kind of ego driven attitude and yes, they might do well for a couple of months, a couple of years, but then they drop off because they don't have that mental resilience to take a knock and, you know, humble yourself and carry back on. Like it, it, it ruins them. If anything, you know, it affects their pride, I guess like that they're ruined instead of having that mental resilience and kind of rebuild enough and, you know, a bit of self-reflection. Okay. Maybe I need to check my attitude and, you know, be a bit more humble. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent because, you know, when you're out there, you know, I say, you know, especially I love talking, obviously I wouldn't be doing a talk show if I didn't, but when I meet up with people and they'll say, well, you lift weights and I'll be, like, yeah. And they're like, uh, what do you do? And, you know, it'll be, you know, we talk about things. Well, you know, a, a, a two-minute question could turn into a 30-minute talk with a person you never knew. And the reason why I do spend time like that, number one, is I enjoy it. But what I really enjoy is, you know, we say it at the end of the show, um, five words can change someone's life. Well, there's a ton of truth to that. And you yeah. never know who you give some time to that you don't know what they might be going through. 
and you know you talk to them and they draw strength from you they draw that attitude from you you know they draw that energy from you and i don't mean like a vampire either what i'm saying is you don't know who you're doing good for and yeah. and that's what i love about m&m and everybody on here probably more than anything. Yeah, it's great It's great to talk about training. It's great to talk about our goals, all the mental stuff we put ourselves through. What do we believe? What's our belief in ourselves? Spiritually, whatever it is you want to call it. But I'll tell you right now, when you can go out and meet a total stranger and they can talk to you, you don't know what you're influencing. And that, to me, is a very interesting prospect because, you know, with what you've done and the notoriety you've got, and obviously you've gotten mail from people, you don't know what you've done already. You, there there could be 20 little girls right now that want to be Lee Holland Keene, okay? Um, that's a big thing. Most people don't ever get to go through their life and do that, nor want to, and the reason why? They live in fear and doubt their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try really hard. Like I said, you know, I'm currently working in mental health, you know, so with a lot of my patients, you know, I try and, you know, be a positive influence with them. And, you know, if, if you want to achieve something, then go do it. Like life is so short, um, you know, and that's something I'm realizing. Like you just the world could be such a fantastic place if you allow it. Yep. Um, you know, some people are caught up in, you know, the negativity of things and stuff. And I mean, one month before I went over to do the Denny Stones, like I went through some pretty serious personal stuff that kind of really yep. knocked my self-esteem and, you know, it, it kind of put me in a, a real bad place. But then one morning I woke up and I was like, hold on, I've got goals to achieve. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I can't just allow this to affect my whole entire life. Like, you know, I, I've got to get back on the train and I've got to, you know, head towards this goal. Um, so it's important that you kind of pick yourself up and you, you get there, yeah. You want me to tell you something? You already know this, I'm sure. You know, when I went decided to go out on my own, you know, I didn't start one business. I started two. Um, like anybody, a lot of learning along the way. Um, made some bad money decisions with people that were supposed to do a lot of work here. And um, obviously help out building the living crap out of everything here. Um, that's my responsibility. But, you know, recommended. Sound like the plan was good, but obviously it didn't go the way I wanted to. Well, th these are all things I talk about. These are all things I will talk about when I'm standing in front of 10,000 people that want to be entrepreneurs. And hopefully at that point we've got our own stuff that people can hire. You know, this is how you learn stuff and get, you know, I don't know if you listen to people like Tony Robbins and, you know, uh, Les Brown, and there's so many big names, but, you know, Bob Proctor, all, you know, I, I, we talk about the book Think and Grow Rich constantly on here with Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie, the whole thing. And this is, the, unfortunately, a lot of times people that love you, and I've had this with, I mean, friends that were like blood and family members and a uh, number of girlfriends, too. Um, everything went up in flames and went south. And the comments would be, well, 
you know, the way you're doing things and expanding things, why aren't you making $10,000 a month? Or don't you think maybe you've been doing this long enough, you're not generating this, that, and the other thing. Maybe you ought to go back into the job market. I look at them and just, you know, I'm not going to say what I, I, I'd like to say it. But this is my point. Like so many things, when you become so impassioned to what you do, and I and I know that word's used a lot, but when you eat, sleep, and drink this stuff, um, and you want to succeed at a rate like no other, those people are all gone. They're not in my life anymore. And yeah. in the same way with, you know, I had a very good paying job. I was an um, IBM IT guy for the big mainframes. You know, I was making in the low 80s uh, five years ago. You know, I'd be making over 100000 now. But yeah. it wasn't for me anymore. And when people say that to me, I'm like, how would you expect me to go back to that life? Number yeah. one, they wouldn't probably even hire me because I've been out so long. I could no more sit in a cubicle than I could jump off a cliff right now. I wouldn't do it to myself. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, and, 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 and people don't understand the life of an entrepreneur, of a weightlifter, Anthony, because that's why I call it physical culture, because like yourself and myself and so many other people, that's the words I use because it's a lifestyle. You know, granted, I'm with you. There's times you got to kind of park what we like to do to a point, but it's always going to be roaming around in you to do the other things you need to do. But I, you know, yeah, I owe big debt to my parents. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But you know what? If it wasn't for finding weightlifting via Jimmy and the Incredible Hulk, I would just been probably living the mundane life like everybody else yeah. now. You know, I love when people say, well, take a chance. I'm like, take a chance. I've taken more chances in five years than you'll take in five lifetimes. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, yeah. and that's the thing. And But what I think the weightlifting does so much, it makes us, if you truly understand what it means, man, you can do anything you want. And when you go and lift Denny Stones and I finally get back and crush the Husafel, that's just going to prove it once again that, you know what, we were stronger than dirt and we wouldn't lay down for anybody. All right? Yeah. And that's what most people don't understand. And that's like, that's why, like, I have very good relationships back and forth. But when things starting, when things get into a lot of turmoil or you're going after the specific goal, even the ones that, quote, unquote, um, I want to say it nicely. Well, I'm never going to leave. Well, okay. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. that that yeah. that happens, and it used to hurt the hell out of me. I, it, I, I, I'm not going to say it doesn't phase me, but it doesn't really phase me a lot anymore because it's not that I expect it either. But you have to do what's best for yourself, and if leaving is best for you, then you got to leave. That's all. Yeah. Um, that's just the way it is. But on another note, too, what are you thinking about? I, well, this is what I want to ask you. With all the press and everything like that, because I'll be honest with you, when I saw you do that record, the first, I remember saying to Charlie, I said, I don't know Lee, but I hope to hell she's got an agent that can take her anywhere she wants to go. Um, and, and, and if it's personal stuff, obviously, I know you don't need to volunteer any of it. 
are there offers for you that um, could end up being uh, maybe a, a good financial move down the road, you feel? I mean, or, or are you pretty much where you are right now, you're happy with it, and you're just going to formulate whatever it is you're looking into the future? Yeah, look, I mean, I am quite busy at the moment, and, you know, I'm currently studying my personal training, and, yeah. you know, I hope to be a strength and conditioning coach. So I'm kind of just focusing on that. I mean, I, I honestly did not expect the publicity that that what has, you know, came from this lift, and it's just been so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, you know, I have had a couple of offers here and there, but, you know, I've actually turned them down because I just want to focus, like, I'm happy in life at the moment. I, I'm happy where I'm at. You know, yeah. I, I didn't do, I didn't attempt these dinny lifts to try and big note myself or, you know, try and progress yeah. any further. I mean, that was just, it was a goal of mine that I wanted to do, um, you know, and it was just about the history and, and my history because, you know, I am from Scotland. I, that's the reason why I did it. Um, I, I certainly didn't do it for Instagram followers and you know, <laughs> yeah. my, my following and stuff like that. I, I definitely didn't do that. It was um, much more special to me than, than that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I've done, I have done a lot of kind of TV interviews, radio interviews, um, some magazine things, but uh, in the back of my head, it's to, to try and promote females in strength. I mean, I tried really hard to kind of push the, I guess the attitude of just because you're female doesn't mean that you could, you can't go out and achieve your goals. Like, yep. you know, no matter what it is, it's about kind of having that mental strength. Like, I guess we keep talking about, well, um, but yeah. I, I'm trying to use this publicity to kind of, you know, promote that kind of stuff, not promote myself. No, I know that. But you know something that's great is now you're an ambassador for obviously the sport. Uh, and I don't mean just Denny Stones. I mean, you pr look, you and I both know, you know, you're not a 300-pound girl, okay? I mean, I've never seen you in person, but in, in, uh, in the video and stuff, you're not a big woman at all. All right, and right there to me is is so special about what you did because you know you always hear everybody say, well, you know he weighs like three fifty or four hundred pounds and he can do this, that, and the other thing, and that's great. But you know you weren't some big, big woman that you know just walked up and just muscled them up. You know what I mean? You did them very easily. Um, they moved like silk. But my point is. It just shows, you know, other women, obviously, that, hey, whatever you are, you can be the best at whatever you want to be, and if you want to go after Denny Stones, or you want to be a strong woman, or compete, or whatever it is, well, to me, the ability, obviously, some people have more natural ability, we know that, but, you know, the bottom line is, when I talk about what you think about most, will come to you whether you want it or not and how i talk about how everything that comes your way is coming from obviously the inside your subconscious mind which is always recording everything you say everything you hear now we all know we can't be perfect with our feedback we say things to ourselves and other people sometimes you can't take back all right that's just being a human being but the beautiful thing is, is this, you know, you talked about visualization 
and your self-talk and all that, you know, I think at this point you can get more out of things doing that. Yeah, you got to be physical. You got to train. We know that. But when you walk into that gym, regardless how you're feeling that day, you've got to come in there with the idea that no matter what, whether I've got to back down, set a record, maybe go two and a half pounds over what I did prior three days before, that's all coming from the inside out. And I, that, to me, I think is one of the biggest features of any successful person because they understand what they're putting out in the universe is going to come back to them tenfold, twentyfold, a hundredfold. So if all you're thinking all the time is, well, I don't know if I can lift that weight, what do you think is going to go happen when you go in there and put yourself over that weight it's over your head, whatever whatever you're doing, on your shoulders, chances are you, I don't like that word failure, but you're going to have a major setback. So yeah. I, I, with what you're doing, you know, and the encouragement you're giving people, I just think there's a lot of variables, you know, physically too. I mean, you're looking at someone, as I said, who wasn't this big, huge woman that went and crushed those stones. And then, obviously, there's no doubt about it. You are very humble. And you're going to get a hell of a lot more people listening to you or if you're writing things. or And I don't have to tell you this. But when you talk like that or you're out in public and conduct yourself, man, you, you, you'll have a flock of people around you. You know, and, and I, I just I think that's very commendable. I commend you on that. Take it away. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I guess it comes back to the start of, you know, my strong career as well when I said there was no weight categories. So I kind of, I mean, I feel in today's kind of strong woman, you know, community, it's, it's, we have weight categories now and, you know, people are kind of cutting weight and, you know, doing, you know, proper kind of fluid cuts and stuff to get down to these, these, um, I guess, wider weight categories. Yeah. I mean, my head, like, weight doesn't really mean a great deal. Like I understand kind of mass moves mass, you know, and certain things, but I mean, you shouldn't let your weight kind of, you know, stop you from doing things. Like I said, I mean, the first world's strongest woman I did over in Ukraine, I mean, I was competing with, you know, Nina from Ukraine, Gemma Magnuson, like these females are powerhouses. They're huge. I mean, and there was this, we had this one event, which is the pole push, which I don't know if a great deal of people know about, but you know, you're in the circle, you've got a log, there's kind of handle on each go and you have to push each other outside the circle. Right. And I got paired with Gemma Magnuson, who was, I think 120 kilos at the time. And, you know, she was just fresh from having her second baby as well. Yep. But I mean, I could have said, you know, hold on, you know, this is completely unfair. You know, the weight difference is, you know, there's no chance of me winning. But I didn't. I went into it and I thought, she's an awesome woman. Let's give it a crack. Let's, yeah. let's do it. I mean, it was fantastic. And the crowd loved it because it was honestly like it was compared to as, you know, David and Goliath. Absolutely. Um, and the crowd loved it. And, yep. you know, at the end, Gemma kind of picked me up and put her on her shoulders. And, it, you know, it was a good thing. I mean, you know, you just got to put yourself out there and don't let your weight kind of bring you down. I mean, I I sit at 67 kilos, which is about 147 pounds. Yep. And, and um, 
you know, in our weight categories, I, I have to go under the under 82s. Yep. Um, so that's a pretty big weight difference, you know, that I'm competing with. And I mean, yep. some girls are actually cutting down to get to under 82 kilos. So, you know, there's, I'm always up against people that are bigger than me, but that doesn't stop me. I don't really think that I'm a huge disadvantage. You know, I just, I train my best and whatever my body does with its weight, it, that's what it does. Yeah. I, and, and you never know. And, you know, the old saying is, on any given day, you can win. I mean, if you go in uh, with anything like that type of attitude, that mindset, you will. Let me ask you some uh, just basic weightlifting stuff. Um, fa- what's your favorite uh, barbell exercise? Um, I do like deadlifts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. Um, do you, I trap mean, bar- go ahead. Uh, like a trap bar deadlifts is email. There you go. That's- Yep. Very in and out of my um, program for like eight years. I mean, leading up to the Dinny Stones, I really did focus on trap bar deadlift. I think it's a fantastic movement. You know, you, you can't cheat it a great deal. <laughs> um, Mark Haydock, you know, I, I know you know. I mean, he's been on here right. a number of times. I mean, he's a trap bar maniac. You know, Mark is just superhuman. Oh, <laughs> you know what's the interesting thing about him too? We were talking about. You know, I, you'll hear people, because that's all I use is trap bar. See, I use mostly anything with supination as much, even though the arm's fixed. Um, yeah. I have a log bar that is supinated. I use that mainly to do any type of curls and things like that. There's no problems with it, but I think it's safer, and I'm not going out setting deadlift records. I'm mainly using it for stones. But Mark, Mark had a um, – I, I, I don't know exactly – because there's always this bull, you know, well, trap bar is easier than using a straight bar, whether it's an Olympic bar or Texas power, whatever they're using, right? Mm-hmm. So Mark and I got talking about this. And I said, what's your feeling on that? He says, well, a lot of that's bull. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I think he pulls over 800, let me think, eight. I think he said he was like 820 or 814 or something like that. But the variance between the trap bar and the Olympic bar was like 15 pounds. So, I mean, you know, he's still pulling 800 pounds with an Olympic bar. And I'm saying to myself, you know, I mean, where's the problem there? And I, th- I think it transcends so much to stone lifting. And, you know, you get you get everything. I mean, you got a deadlift, you're using a squat, you know, the whole thing. I'm with you 100%. I love trap bars. I love pulling them from all different angles. I also use thick bars. I, I use a lot of thick stuff, a lot of dumbbells, um, a pollen axle, obviously. I use. I have a three-inch bar, too. Um, and I, I we've made a lot of awkward objects here. Um, I do use a straight bar for these because I got it, but the only thing I use is the pollen axle on it. We took um, two 55-gallon drums and cut holes in the center. My buddy's a welder. And um, it was like an old-style lift they did, I don't know, 100 years ago maybe. Um, And basically we put sleeves on the inside and the outside on both, and you slide the bar through the sleeves in the barrel, all right? And then you can put – you can probably put two forty fives with a collar on each side, but the rest of the weight is loaded internally in the fifty five gallon. 
you want to talk about an awkward object, you start deadlifting, you start getting in like the fours, five, sixes with this thing and the thick bar because you're only going to go so far before your, you know, your grip's going to break and then you can use the two, you know, the straps for the two inch bar. I'll tell you what, that thing is one of the greatest movements I've ever done too. And I, what I like about it is when they get real heavy and you're ripping them off the ground with all your might, like because of the twist and the torque, it will try to walk your body when you do that. So literally you could be carrying like a foot, you know, like yeah. 600 pounds like that. Um, just very interesting stuff. I love all stuff like that. The trap bars, the thick stuff, um, you know, yeah. obviously anything that's unorthodox, farmer's walks. But, <clears throat> but what I like more than anything, Lee, is um, I love those hoose of steel stones I designed and we use here to get ready to go to Iceland. Yeah. Those things are vicious. And, you know, I read all this stuff with people. Oh, you got to have your forearms, this and that. Yeah, definitely to, to squeeze and hold those things. One of the best things I like to do is just grab one of those monsters and squeeze it until I can't hold it anymore and drop it. Yeah. Excuse me. It's been one of the best things. But next thing is this. Um, tell me some of the stuff you're doing. I mean, obviously trap bar. Um, do you do any forms of pressing? Are you are you more dumbbell oriented, or do you like the Olympic bar or thick bars? What what's in your repertoire a little bit? You like to do? I mean, it all depends on what competition I've got coming up. Okay, um, and, and you know what events are in there. I mean, I do a lot of overhead pressing. Yep. Um, I did the World Championships in the Static Monsters, which was a log press. So. Okay. Um, there was a lot of log press recently in there as well. Um, but I do like farmer's walk. I, I mean, I, I love kind of grip strength. I, I really enjoy that. I mean, I know I keep going back to the very start, you know, but when I first started strong women, we didn't actually use straps on like axles and stuff like that. Like it was actually used for, I guess what an axle is used for, for grip yeah. strength. So yeah. you weren't allowed to use straps back then. Um, so I've always kind of had that drummed in. I mean, now I use straps because, well, I'd just be at a disadvantage because everybody else is using them. Sure. But, um, yeah, I, I, I try and try and limit my use of straps. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's, kind of crazy because you know we were talking before about you know staring at the lamppost until you know you know, <laughs> you stuff. Blink. yep i do um there's one thing that i've been doing for years and years when i fill up my car with petrol yep. um at the bowser i actually just use kind of my uh, ring finger and my pinky finger to fill it up nice and i've been doing that for years just to kind of train those two fingers like it's just a <laughs> Small things like that, and I, I always kind of have a bit of a race with myself, you know, how long I could actually hold it or if I could do it till the, the car's yep. full of petrol. But what? it's like little things like that, you know. No, I agree. You know what I do, which those we talked about, I think I talked with Charlie about it, and he's like, you're out of your mind. I'll take <laughs> I'll take the uh, Hoosa Steel Stones on a real hot day with the sun yeah. blazing in my driveway, and I leave them out there until I come out. And obviously, I'm training. I'm doing my grip work near the end. You go to pick those up with your forearms. Literally, it toasts your skin on there. And I'll see how long I can hold them for. Not very long. The pain is absolutely incredible. But why do I do that? Because I do it for two reasons. Obviously, to see what I can endure. Now, let me make this clear to everybody. I don't. I don't do this to hurt myself okay i do this 
I do this as just just kind of like, okay, what can you take right now? And you know what it does too? I mean, we know the feet and the hands have such direct connection to the brain. I don't know if forearms do or not, but I can tell you this. It feels like somebody poured gasoline on my brain and lit it. You know what I mean? So I do things like that. I'm not suggesting anybody to do that. All right. I mean, I've talked before where, you know, I read these articles, right? And well, if you're a true stone lifter, no matter what, you never wear a shirt. Well, I don't think these guys are doing it when it's 10, about zero or 10 below. And so I get this crazy notion in my head to lift this big stone to walk with and not wear a shirt. So I don't wear a shirt. Okay. But you don't realize that you do sweat when you do things and it doesn't matter if it's zero out or not well i did it the one time and i'll never do it again the stone stuck to my chest oh no and i was like what am i going to do here i said i can't carry it in my house it's too heavy i'm never going to get up the stairs and i can't pour water on it so i just kind of held it and i said well you gotta let it go brother and I let it go, and man, I still have just one little scar. It took out two chunks on my chest, and it was pretty nasty. I mean, I didn't have to go to the hospital, didn't do it. So, I mean, just stuff like that. You know, we're, Stevie was laughing one night we were talking. You know, I didn't have a lot of heat in the garage a couple winters ago. So I decided to do front squats, and I fold my arms. I don't do it like an Olympic lifter. Yeah. Okay. And guess what stuck to my throat? (laughs) The bar. I was like, oh, my God. And how was that even possible? (laughs) That that released, you know what I mean? But it it did pull a little skin with it. But I'm not, Uh you know, I'm not saying this to to like say, oh, look what I'm. It's not that when you're so damn impassioned about things and you know you read stuff and i'm like one of those guys it's like okay well if they did it i got to try this out but yeah they weren't doing it when it was zero or minus 10 out and the day i was messing around the bar it was like 30 below out you know we talk about all that stuff that look this is what i love about all with with physical culture lifting you know my brother-in-law that's maggie's father and all the other girls and danny he used to. He was one of the few people that would come over here and lift all the hoose of steel stones with me. And it just seemed like for a while in the winter when we'd be out there, we'd get a snowstorm on the night we'd have to lift. And the big yeah. joke was out there, okay, now this stuff could be up to the middle of your shins or higher, and it's almost impossible to walk this beast, and it's so cold out, your flannel shirt's like icing up and you can barely hold the stone. And, and the running joke always was, and it's true, while everybody's inside staying warm and having a good old time, Dan and Eric are outside freezing their ass off, having the time of their life, you know? <laughs> and that's what it's about. But, you know, one other thing I want to, I want to ask you a couple things because I know we're getting near time. Um, what do you got coming up? And, well, I'll ask you the next question. What, what do you got coming up that if you can a- announce that you're thinking about hitting? Is it going to be this year in the spring, or what are you thinking about? Um, 
The plan was to try and qualify for the official Strongman Games, uh, yep. which has been held in America in December. Um, but I just have to see because I've got a, a, a state move coming up um, and there's a few other things yep. kind of going on. So I will try my best to, to get there. But if not, it'll be next year, nice. um, you know, starting fresh and yep. kicking some goals. But I just need to focus a little bit on, you know, finishing my personal training and, yep. you know, yeah. moving state <laughs> are you are you think would you ever think about going back to scotland or i mean your family's all there that might be hard but would you ever think about going back there oh absolutely i mean really yeah yeah I, like i i just there's something about scotland you know my heart truly lives there it really does as soon as i get off the plane i just have yep. this kind of calming sensation of yes i'm home i mean there's just i mean traveling around the highlands and lifting the other manhood stones is just like I can't put it into words, you know, the people that have done it will kind of understand, but it's just yeah, amazing. It's such a fantastic experience. It's so calming. You know, you're just, just you, whoever you're with and that's it pretty much, you know, the Highlands, it's just so peaceful. It's fantastic. Yeah. When I watched, uh, you know, the recent rogue movie, full Starker again and again yeah. and again, I loved Iceland. I fell in love with Iceland and yeah. I said, I could, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Lee, I, I really think, uh, you know, I'd go over there and stay for at least three to six months, you know, yeah. being in that financial situation, um, but I think that, I, I really do think I could live there the rest of my life if I wanted, and I'll tell you why, it just reminded me of like one foot in the old world and one foot in the new world, because yes. I mean, you, you know, you go to Reykjavik, I don't know if you've ever been here in New York City, but it's very cosmopolitan yes. like that, very stylish. Yeah. Um, so if you choose to do that and go in there a few days, maybe a couple times a month, but then you're kind of like out, I'm not saying out in the middle of nowhere around nobody. I don't want that. I, I still want to have contact with people, but I just like that lifestyle. I, yeah, I, I, I like that, you know. So when well, we went over to yeah. Iceland last year, yeah. um, you know, it was very similar. I mean, we stayed in Hafnafjorda, which is, you know, not a great deal far from Reykjavik, but um, right. it was fantastic. Like, we just absolutely loved it. And, you know, it's by far my favorite destination yeah. um, that I've traveled to. And, you know, traveling around and, you know, doing the stones and stuff, it was just, it was unreal. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah life. It's life got. You know what the cool thing is, too? I met a lot of older people, you know, and, and you yeah. know, us Americanas, I guess, stick out pretty bad. And they're like, well, why are you here? And, I mean, every I didn't meet one asshole over there. Everyone was friendly as hell. Yeah. And we were talking about it. And, you know, something you say, Husafel Stone, there wasn't one person that didn't know what the Husafel Stone was. And yeah. that, imp yeah. that impressed me in, in a way where they know about their cultural things. I mean, you know, most people say, oh, it's only a rock. Well, no, it's not, because in my opinion, and I haven't lifted every stone in the world, but I want to if I can get it done. I mean, it, it is one of the greatest manhood. Yeah, they'll say some people say it's the greatest manhood stone in the world. Um, yeah. It is just so impressive there. And, you know, it was cool because all I have to do the next time is I'll have to rent a car and drive from Reykjavik. I won't stay there um, because if I get there before Labor Day, even though it's not Labor Day, they call it there, I can stay at the old inn 
and Stevie Shanks gave me the name of a hotel in, in uh, Hussafel, too, where I could stay. So that's a big yeah. thing right there. I mean, that few hour, that couple hour drive, and if you get lost like we did before, it, yeah. you know what I mean? It takes a lot out of you. you it know? really does. It really yeah. does. Yeah. And you really want to do that. Um, I guess this will be the last question. Um, Obviously, you've done something get, with, with the Gathering Monumental. I guess the, the first thing in the part two would be this. Do you feel there's another gathering for you in 2019? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. I, I, I did it with straps. Yep. Um, my goal, whether it be in the next couple of years or in blooming five to ten years, um, I'm definitely going to make it my goal to use uh, to try and lift the stones without straps. Well, if we can do things the way I want to do them, I'm going to see you at the gathering in 2019. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I'd, I'd love that, to. I mean, and that's my next goal is to, yep. you know to to get these Denny stones up without yep. straps. Yep. I'd love Absolutely. to be able to do that. Yep. And then uh, to finish off, I know we talked a little bit about the mental end, but boys, girls, young men, young women. What would you tell them right now today with all the stuff you've been through, especially in the last month and prior to getting ready for this? Because nobody sees um, the A through Y. Most people are only rejoicing with the Z. What, what advice would you give to anybody, no matter it's Denny Stones, life itself? What would Lee Holland Keene tell, tell us at the end of the show she feels um, – would be the best advice you could give anyone? Um, I guess just having that self-belief. I mean, no matter what you do in life, whether it's a career change, relationship change, anything to do with kind of physical culture, like you have to have self-belief. And, you know, that's one thing I'm still learning because, you know, I'm only 29, but, you know, if if you feel strongly about something, like don't let other people stop you. You know, if it's a good thing, just keep going for it. You know, it, it's okay if you fail. That's something I, I've come to terms with. If you if, if you fail, that it's not really a failure. Like it's just a, a setback. You know, yep. you kind of you look at yourself, you you readjust what you need to do, and you keep going forward. You know, I, I think that's very important. Yeah, I agree with you totally. You know what? It's sometimes the um, the little things that we just overlook, and they are the things that will really that are really the foundational blocks of your life. And if you build upon those blocks, I just don't see how you're not going to have success. Because as I said with me and, you know, the comments and the people and this and that, I think eventually you almost become immune to it. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, if you're going to be a trailblazer, it, it could be a lonely life for a while. I mean, that's what I, I, I'm not saying lonely, like where you're lonely. I'm saying that when you're out going after something huge, you, you, you really, you can't worry about public opinion at all. You know, even, you know, even people that are close to you, you've got, like we said, the belief, but I, I, there's another word I want, but it doesn't come to mind, but well, it is almost like a single-mindedness. You have to – you're not being cold to people. I don't want people to say, well, that that's not my point. My point is, though, there's no holes barred. And when we talked about Rocky, you know, and I said 
squeezing the ball to your hand explode. That's kind of the way you got to be. Because, yeah. as he said, someday it's going to come in handy for you. And I always say, you know, I, I this is my, one of my visions in my head. I do. Um, I'm being I'm being interviewed on um, Forbes magazine, and I'm on the cover, and it uh, yeah. it says, "How did this guy make it this quick?" And it it's got FBC and Eminem on it. And the and the thing I and the thing I, I visualize that every day. And what I say to them, how I did it. And that's what really matters. You know, I, I think yeah. if, if anything, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I'll just say you, I, anybody, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave something when I'm gone. You know, you look, whether people like Walt Disney or not, he left a legacy, man. He's not here anymore, but it's still running with his name on it. I want FBC and Eminem to have a legacy. And me too. And, and and be able to sit and people say, you know something, that guy was not only a good man and a gentleman, but look at the quality he put out for 30 years. And look what it's yeah. done for the world. That, to me, is everything. But um, anything, you know, summarize anything you want, Lee. Uh, take your time. Um, like I said, uh, obviously tell everybody where they can get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you. And... Um, We'll talk. I, I hope you'll come on again. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Eric. Um, I guess, you know, it has created a lot of publicity and, you know, I have had a lot of messages from other females, you know, about how to start training for the Denny Stones and, you know, where to go to attempt them. You know, I, I'm, I'm not silly. I know that there's plenty of females in the world that can lift these stones, but I just – but, you know, it's very passionate for me because it's it's my history as well. And I just want to make sure that the females that do it um, do it for the right reasons. They yeah. do it. They understand the history. Um, and, you know, they, they have a good understanding of who the stone lifting legends are. Um, you know, I, I would hate for it to just become this kind of, you know, ego driven kind of contest. Like that's, that's not what the stone lifting community is about. It's about being humble. It's about being genuine. It's about doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. So I just truly hope that, you know, I, I have kind of inspired and, you know, been an advocate for, for females to be able to do it, but for the right reasons. Yeah, I agree. Now, if, if anybody does want to get a hold of you, Instagram is the best way. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. Okay. Yeah, I do. I have an athlete page because I try and keep my Facebook page, you know, friends and family. Okay. Um, but and, yeah. And, and do you use Lee Holland Keen for everything? I do, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. very good. Anything else? Um, no, I just, you know, thank you very much for inviting me on the show. You know, like I said to you off air, you know, this was a podcast that I was really looking forward to. You know, it's, it's, it's growing so much and, you know, it really does promote physical culture and it's fantastic you know yeah it's, it's, i'm i'm, I'm very really i'm cool. very happy with it but never content you know what i mean <laughs> it's not my nature <laughs> i can't do that but okay yeah. um i'm just going to say the end stuff and then we'll, we'll wind it up uh this is motivation muscle streaming radio 24 7 if there is a show you'd like lee and i to do Fiorello Barbell at nightcap.r.com. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten from everybody. Don't forget, you can find us on Spotify now and Google Podcasts. So we're growing in all those directions. Um, also, too, go out to Fiorello Barbell Co. Winners and Champions, Inc. That is our premier product. Also, too, um, 
Invest in us through a prosperity page on FiorelloBarbellCo.com, $25.50 and $100, and you'll get something free with each investment. So you're getting something no matter what, and you're helping out two entities that are going to be bigger than life. Believe me. We are just striking, striking, striking. And like I told Lee before we came on, there's a billion holes in that monster high cement wall. It's going to be one big hit and the whole thing's coming down. And I'm very glad everybody has been sticking with us and spreading the show because it's very important. We've got a real message, believe me. Um, also, too, go out to motivationandmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. As I said, I will have this show with Lee up no later than Saturday. I just want to say, too, we got a couple of guys on tomorrow night that ought to be hilarious. Um, we're doing a three-way show with Stevie Shanks and Charlie Oliphant, and uh, Stevie's a character, to say the least, and he's made some comments. So I would... Um, I would not be surprised if that show is quite explosive tomorrow night because um, I kind of sent him a note like that, and he was laughing. So I, who knows what uh, tricks he's got up his sleeve. I, I, I can't wait. Those guys have uh, been such big supporters of me and the show and everything. Um, I thank everybody. I've got the greatest people in my camp than than anyone. I don't care who you are and how big your show is. Um, also, too, don't forget our anniversary is coming up at the end of the month. We'll be up four years, and we're close to a thousand shows. That's big. That's big medicine. At least I think it is. Also, too, um, let me think now. We said, oh, go out to AHA directory. That's aha. You get Eminem in your car twenty four seven. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle. Five words to inspire can change someone's life. Lee and I talked about that during the show. Words have power. Remember that. Words have power. Also, as my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what people are going through, and and that's the truth. Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And it's a great Hoose of Steel Stone Crusher says in blood red domination. We're domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. And as Russell Furr says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone coming out of my speakers. I got news for you, my friend. It's more like a tidal wave. And we're going to get Russell on here. We had all that malfunction last week. So we're going to get him back on. Um, and I'm pretty proud of him, too. Uh, he's been a plumber for quite a while, and he went out on his own. This is what we talk about here, entrepreneurship. But guess what leads all into this? Physical culture gives you the power. Think about that. Also, too, Frank Klein, my greatest uh, business college professor, Repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever, he'd walk every patient to the door and say, keep smiling. Say that to yourself on your best or worst day. You know, we talk about mind shifts. I'm telling you right now. It'll get you concentrating on that, and that's when you've shifted gears. That's what you want to do. That's how winners think. That's how that's how people like Lee walk up and crush the Denny Stones. I mean, you've got to learn to control your thoughts. you got to. 
when you can do that and master your mind like that, what is going to stop you? I'm asking you. Ask yourself that when you hear this show. What is stopping you right now? And answer it and do something about it. Also, too, um, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell 100 or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Be with us for the next 30 years. We need you. You need us. Spread these shows. Listen to them with your kids. Um, we've tried to cool the language down to nothing. Um, and I've had people say, well, they've heard it. Well, maybe they have, but I don't need to lend to it. Sometimes we get heated here. That's just the passion. That's the moment. But I know other people that do shows and every other word out of their mouth is F. If that's what you got to do, then you ain't got much upstairs or in your heart. So keep listening, everybody. Um, I'm trying to tell Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you and we got your back. And I don't know many people that would say that in today's day and age. Lee, awesome show. I, I hope you enjoyed it here. We enjoyed you. Welcome to the family. And I hope you'll be with us for the next three decades. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. And I definitely will be around to hopefully have another chat soon. You got it. Okay, everybody. Uh, before we sign off, remember this. Nobody came into the world a loser. You're all winners, champions, and you're unstoppable. And if anybody is saying anything different to you, say goodbye to them. Because you don't deserve to think or live that way. So, for Lee Holland Keene... This is Eric Fiorello. Like I said, this show will be up no later than Saturday. I hope you enjoyed this because I'll tell you what, this was something very special. And if you haven't gone out and watched what she has achieved, you should. Um, It's very inspiring. So that's what we do here. We inspire. And I hope you'll go out and live your dreams. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. We will talk to you soon. Like I said, we got Stevie and Charlie on tomorrow night. And uh, that ought to be pretty humorous. But it's going to be chock full of info. You can bet on it. So we'll talk to you soon. And thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.